And I want to promise you right now, before we go any further into this episode and the strategy portion of this episode, you are doing everything right. Hey there, I'm Ashton Cope, a wife, daughter, sister, and mom obsessed with food, but more specifically, seasonal foods and the simple, peaceful lifestyle that comes with living more in tune with the seasons. For years, I've struggled with helping my picky eater to keep an open mind and create a healthy relationship with food. And through the struggle, I discovered that I was the problem. I overcame so many obstacles and figured out new strategies for the picky eater mealtime mayhem, and I am so happy I get to share them with you. Get ready for me to ask you the hard questions and cheer you on through this workshop slash coffee with a friend style show. This is the Eat Your Seasons podcast. Hello and welcome back to the show. Today is for my parent friends. You know how they say it takes a village to raise a family? Yeah, well, sometimes that village is a little bit more quiet and distant than we wish they would be. And with life looking so dang different now than it did when we were growing up, our parenting methods have had to change significantly to what our parents practiced when we were young. Granted, a huge reason for that is new studies and our own research that we've done for ourselves and our families. So we now know that Kool-Aid is not a good substitute for fruit juice and mac and cheese with hot dogs, well delicious, boasts little nutritional value. Just to clarify, I am on no soapbox here. I totally recommend feeding your kids whatever you want. You know your family best. And as I sit here to record this episode, I just left a pot of steamy mac and cheese with hot dogs to cool on the stove before I go devour with the girls. (laughs) So no judgment here. So to keep with this parallel that I've drawn between when we were younger and now, Back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and even into the early 2000s, our main servings of produce, especially veggies, came either frozen in a bag or in a can floating in salty water. It was understood back then that fresh vegetables were expensive, difficult to cook properly, and almost like a wealthy family luxury that middle-class families didn't or couldn't mess with. And when our veggies were fresh, they were typically boiled and very under-seasoned because eating healthy and the actual appeal of cooking for fun and out of creativity hadn't gained traction and popularity yet for the most part. So for many of us, we grew up hating vegetables in general. We'd have the few that we liked. I remember secretly hoarding a few extra fresh broccoli florets and baby carrots at baby showers and potlucks because... For whatever reason, my young mind associated fresh veggie trays with exquisite wealth, (laughs) and I thought I was bougie with my dollop of ranch dip. But that being said, meal and snack times were the only real exposure that we got when it came to fruits and veggies. Maybe we occasionally went apple picking in the fall or berry picking in the summer, and if you grew up in a veggie tail loving community, perhaps you were exposed in that way. I was not. So knowing what we know now, being so much more in tune with how to nourish and support our bodies, we are feeding our kids a well-rounded diet. And that is something that I am genuinely so proud of you for. I know you're giving your kids more water than any other beverage. I'm pretty sure I considered Capri Sun roaring waters to be the same as water when I was a kid. 
since it was clear. <laughs> I know you're offering so many different types of fruits and veggies in multiple ways, whether it's fresh, sauteed, roasted, grilled, or steamed. And I want to promise you right now, before we go any further into this episode and the strategy portion of this episode, you are doing everything right. Have you heard about my seasonal summer eating challenge yet? For the month of July, we're challenging ourselves and you to eat seasonally and see the simple beauty and joys that come from it. Each week, we will have a different simple task to complete. And if you're needing to keep your kids busier longer, there will be daily mini activities that you can complete as well. At the end of the challenge, one winner will receive a month's worth of back-to-school meal planning services from yours truly. Not only will you have a chance to enjoy nature's bounty and the plethora of fresh foods available to us, you'll also have a chance to create memories and open up new conversations with your kids about our food and how they make our bodies feel. To join the challenge, head to ashtoncope.com challenge and sign up for my emails where you'll get all the info. Hope to see you there. You have done everything right. Your instincts are exactly spot on and you have followed them exactly as you should. And you are the perfect parent for your kiddo or kiddos. I want you to know right now that the variety of foods your kids are willing to eat has absolutely nothing to do with your parenting methods and whether you feed them well enough. You did not create a picky eater. Now, my brother and I are really similar in a lot of ways. We have the same sense of humor. We both find ourselves talking super loud without realizing it. And we both find ourselves word vomiting inappropriate things at the worst times, like when the room hushes to a lull. That being said, our eating habits have been night and day since we were super little. I was a really adventurous eater. I would eat pretty much anything on my plate, even if it wasn't my most favorite but there were almost no foods that I flat out didn't like. I was terrified of hurting someone's feelings, so I would choke down even my least favorite foods so I didn't seem rude. That is not a humble brag, by the way. I am a crippling people pleaser, and it's something I have been trying to work through even as an adult. Now, my brother, on the other hand, wasn't concerned about those things. He knew what he liked, and he knew what he didn't like. And it was that plain and simple. You could not convince him to try the things on his do not like list. The items he liked included the typical kit items, chicken nuggets, cheese pizza, buttered noodles, chips, and so forth. But he also loved grilled steak, steamed broccoli, and rice. My parents did not create a picky eater with my brother, just like they did not create a quote unquote good eater with me. I don't even like that term good eater anyways. Why do we have to use words like good and bad when it comes to food? So now that I have littles of my own, I have two very different eaters. I have one that loves fruit and fresh veggies, but when it comes to most meat, cheese, or certain ways that vegetables are cooked, she struggles to keep an open mind. I have another that loves meat and cheese, no matter how it's cooked. She has a few fruits that she enjoys, but she's definitely more of a savory lover where her sister prefers sweet. Our kids are born their own people. Their tastes change and evolve just as ours do as they grow and mature. Sometimes they may dislike something because of a mood they're in. Other times it could be the texture. 
do I think I created a fruit lover with my oldest daughter? <laughs> I wish I could say yes, because that would sure make this crazy adventure of parenting a heck of a lot easier, but that just isn't the case. Oftentimes, we can offer our littles every vegetable and fruit under the sun, day and night, and they still turn their noses up to it. So this is where my strategy comes in. We have all been missing a ton of opportunities as parents to expose our littles to produce without making it about eating them. We offer them at meal and snack times, but that isn't always getting them more familiar and comfortable with the food itself and encouraging a more open mind within our kids. That being said, here are five of my favorite ways to expose your kids to produce and encouraging a more open-minded eater. Because as I said, we're not creating good eaters or breaking picky ones. We are simply encouraging an open mind. This episode is brought to you by my ultimate meal searching guide. This free clickable guide offers all of the search terms you need to choose a quick, tasty, and healthy meal that you can whip together any night of the week. With keywords including vegan, keto, and dairy-free, even the most specific of palates and diets are sure to find something delicious. I want meal planning to be simple and painless, so my guide is downloadable right to your phone and finding the right meal is as easy as tapping the term that sounds best to you, and your Pinterest app will automatically open with the search results so you can scroll and choose. To download my free guide, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash search terms. That's A-S-H-T-I-N-C-O-P-E dot com slash search terms. Happy meal planning! Number one, sensory play. There are so many ways to encourage vegetable and fruit awareness in sensory play. You can have them dig up their own foods in a bin full of dirt, or if you want less mess, a bin of dry beans. You can have a vegetable washing station where they can explore water. Many of these ideas are on Pinterest using plastic play food, but I want to encourage you to give them the real foods. Let them touch them, smell them, even maybe taste them, and become familiar with what it is so it's not a shock later when it shows up on their plate. Think about how we would feel as adults if we're eating at a restaurant and our plate shows up with an item we are totally unfamiliar with and did not know was going to be there. It would be pretty unsettling for us. Number two. Word games. I'd like to thank my mom for this idea because as I was writing the script for this episode, I was thinking back to being a kid and ways that my mom may have exposed us to produce without realizing it. And I instantly thought of the fruit game. This is an awesome way to build fruit awareness and fine tune your kids recall skills. Now I Googled this to make sure that I understood the rules because I think we played it our own random way. So I'll tell you about the actual game, which is called fruit salad or fruit basket. So you can Google either of those terms if you want a better explanation than whatever I give you. So first you pick a leader and everyone else sits in a circle facing each other, kind of like a duck duck goose situation. The leader goes around the circle, and depending on the number of players, they will name two to four fruits and assign one of the fruits to each player. So for example, they will go around the circle like Duck Duck Goose and name each player like apple, banana, grape, apple, banana, grape, etc. Once each player knows their fruit, the leader stands in the middle and calls out the name of one of the fruits. 
Everyone with that fruit name gets up and runs around the circle until they find a seat that wasn't theirs before. Sort of like a musical chairs situation. Meanwhile, the leader tries to steal the seat of one of the players that is up. And the leader can also call fruit salad. And every player has to get up and run around the circle and then take a new seat that wasn't directly next to their original seat. I know this is a little bit confusing, but bear with me. If the leader is able to steal a seat, whoever is left standing becomes the leader. Now, I hope that makes sense. Like I said, you can Google fruit salad or fruit basket for a better explanation, but that's the gist of it. Number three, real life learning. Heading to a farmer's market, a farm stand, or an actual farm is a great way to learn about where our food comes from and how much work goes into growing and harvesting it before it ends up on our plate. It's also a great life skill for our kiddos to introduce themselves to the farmers and vendors and strike up a conversation with them. With parental supervision and permission first, of course, because nobody wants stranger danger happening. You can look on Facebook for hobby farm groups where you could throw it out there that you're looking for an opportunity to tour their little dwelling. Heck, offer to bring them their favorite coffee and you may even make a really cool friend out of the deal. You can also Google farms in your area and you pick spots where you can have the kids get their hands dirty and harvest their own crops. Seeing it all in person can really change even the littlest of minds perspective on food and being more open to at least trying something new. Another fun real life learning opportunity could be to set up a mini dramatic play grocery store or farmer's market in your house or backyard with some of the real produce that you already have at home. Have your little one be the shopper or the shopkeeper and take turns sharing about the produce for sale. You may be surprised to hear how much they already know about their food and their little perspectives and ways of explaining things is always the sweetest. Number four books and TV. This is a new one that we've recently become extra familiar with after Winnie had her school book fair and I could not resist. I purchased so many food related books. They're thankfully becoming so much more popular now and nonfiction reads that are still really entertaining are gaining popularity as well. So Google food related books or even look up recommendation lists on Pinterest. Some of our favorites are I eat a rainbow vegetables and underwear, Bilal cooks doll, soup day, monsters don't eat broccoli, goodnight veggies, and the silly food book. So that's our recommendation list. But like I said, Google food related books or look up on Pinterest because there are obviously so many more. Now TV can be a little bit more tricky because we are definitely not a VeggieTale family. And oftentimes most shows don't completely revolve around foods and healthy eating habits. So it takes a little research, but to save you time, I have done the research for you. And some of our favorite episodes of popular TV shows are as follows. So if you're listening and you can take a mental note of this or write this down, here are some great episodes of cartoons that your kids probably already love. Doc McStuffins season one, episode 14. The second half of the episode is called Bubble Monkey. And there's even a great song about healthy eating that you guys could learn together. Bluey season one, episode seven called Barbecue. 
episode 49 called Asparagus, and episode 69 called Fancy Restaurant, and then season two, episode seven called Favorite Thing are all great. If you can't tell, we are a huge Bluey family. (laughs) They're not necessarily all about healthy eating, but they definitely encourage healthy habits. And then Mickey Mouse Clubhouse Season 2, Episode 19, Mickey's Thanks a Bunch Day. Peppa Pig Season 1, Episode 34, um, it's called Lunch. And then Season 4, Episode 45, it's called Fruit. So I know that that is a lot of a lot to remember. So if you did not take note or you're like, that's way too much, I will include this list in the show notes if you want to make note of them for later because I know that was a lot. Finally, number five, steam projects. So not steam like water, but if you're not familiar with steam, it stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics, S-T-E-A-M. And it used to just be STEM, but they've recently started including the arts in because it's another great way for kids to use their brains and think outside the box. Honestly, projects revolving around these subjects are some of the most incredibly hands-on ways for your kids to learn. I've hesitated to try these in the past because I felt like it was wasteful of the fruits and vegetables. And to an extent, it can be if you're not sparing and careful with the food that you decide to use for these projects. As always, you can compost these foods when you're done if you're not comfortable eating them, which you probably won't be after this. So here are a few ideas for projects that vary by age. So for the really little babies, we have veggie art. Did you know that you can make stamps out of potatoes, carrots, and celery? You cut the ends off and you can carve shapes into the potato and carrot and use the ends of the veggies as stamps. Teach your toddlers to make a picture using edible stamps. To make it even more edible and toddler friendly, you could use food coloring to dye vanilla pudding or yogurt in all different colors as a substitute for the paint. So for the little bit older ones, like toddler to school age, we have color changing celery experiment. So do you remember in middle school when kids would dye white carnations for their science fair project by putting each carnation stem into a different cup of water with food coloring? Believe it or not, celery reacts the same way. Google celery food coloring experiment for a more in-depth tutorial, but this is a great activity for kids of all ages, especially your five to eight year olds. They will really flourish with this project. Now this one is for a little bit older, potato powered light. This is definitely a more advanced project and perfect for the nine to 12 year olds. It'll take a little more planning ahead since you'll need items like copper wire, zinc plated nails, which aren't as hard to find as I thought, and a small light bulb to actually execute this experiment. The whole object of this experiment is to get the light to actually turn on. So, The hypothesis behind this experiment is that the zinc of the nail and then the copper on the outside of a penny are what will create chemical energy. And then the potato serves as an electrolyte that allows the electrons to flow through. 
Connecting the potatoes with the copper wire creates a circuit which converts the chemical energy into electrical energy, and then that can produce enough power for the light to turn on. So I'm gonna actually put the link to this experiment also in the show notes because I am not a scientist, and so I explained that as best as I could, but it's it's a lot easier than I'm probably making it sound. <laughs> so exposing our kids to new or familiar fruits and veggies does not have to start on their plate. In fact, it shouldn't. There are so many other ways we can incorporate new methods that will speak to our kids' own interests, and it will make a huge difference in how comfortable they are around produce and their understanding of their food. I wouldn't be me if I didn't mention how valuable seasonal eating can be for this as well. When our kids are learning about the changing of the seasons and what that looks and feels like, what clothes we wear and the activities we do, they can also learn what foods we eat. This makes food so much more real and exciting for the whole family. You can dig into what foods are available, where to find them, and why they're available that time of year. The coolest way to get started with your kids right now is by joining my free summer food challenge. I will have weekly challenges and we'll go live to share our experiences and ideas and swap stories about our favorite moments of the week. There are also smaller mini challenges that serve as more of a suggestion if you'd like to get your kiddos involved even more in the summer seasonal summer eating. <laughs> To join the challenge, you can head to ashtoncope.com slash challenge, and you can join the email list where I will send out the challenge, and we will have weekly emails discussing the challenge and talking about when I'm going to be going live so that you can join me. So that is all I have for this episode. If you found it helpful, I would love if you left me a review and subscribe to the show so that you never miss an episode. And as usual, if you have a friend with a picky eater or kiddos that tend to get bored over the summer, be sure to share this episode with them so they can maintain a shred of their sanity over the next couple months. We got this, moms. We are halfway through. Halfway through. (laughs) Until next time, happy eating, and I will see you in the next episode. Hey, friend, you've just finished another episode of the Eat Your Seasons podcast. I'm so thrilled and honored that you spent your precious time with me, and I can't wait to serve you more and more each week. Is this show speaking your language? Be sure to leave a review so more moms like you can find me and tune in every single week. If you'd like even more meal spiration and seasonal living goodies, be sure to find me on Instagram at Ashton Cope, where I'm struggle bussing my way through reels and internet trends. For all the freebies and referral codes from today's sponsors, you can head on over to ashtoncopeblog.com slash podcast. See you there.